0: you us gassing on about it. You're the whore. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're, when you're telling these little stories... You have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. You're not in favor of torturing people
1: for amusement? <laughs> not my significant other. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, I would have thought, based on some of the interactions you guys have, that... She would be the perfect person for you to torture. Sometimes she is,
1: <laughs> but with like scratching my beard on the podcast, like she just stop scratching your beard now. <laughs>
0: All right, uh, welcome back to the show, everybody. We're trying to continue a conversation, um, that we started months ago last week. I get so confused.
1: Last week we wanted to talk about acoustics, but we ended up getting into like the pit hole that was the gear that I wanted for this studio right. that I'm designing right now.
0: Gotcha. Instead, this week we're going to talk about acoustics. Are you sure? Well, we're not we're we're going we're to get... try. You brought you brought a whole bunch of reading material. Well, um, I've so been reading, reading all this stuff all week, so I assume you're going to share some of it with us. Sure. Okay. Um, before we get started. A uh, couple of um, technical notes. We are experimenting with a new um, preamp and converter uh, this week. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, I, I I have no doubts. I just wanna I just wanna put it through a a session to make sure that it's gonna last. Uh, it's gonna okay. last us an hour. That it's gonna sound okay for the hour. Blah blah blah. Okay.
1: You know because
0: it hasn't hasn't really been properly tested so this is our test run okay if things go to shit it's on me hmm. or looks more like you got a I'm bunch there. of notes I uh, <clears throat> these are notes for um i sat down with a with a guy that wants to start a new podcast and um we started planning out what his podcast is actually going to look like because he's asking to pay as little as possible. So I need to understand what he actually wants. And so that's, that's where this came from. Um, and I wanted to bring it to you because the, the, uh, the format that I guided him to might work really well for our show. If, um, we wanted to take it in a, in a different direction. Anyway, that's a, that's a conversation for off the, off the mic. Okay instead you have a big pile of papers filled with diffusers uh it's not all diffusers it's like 80 percent diffusers (laughs) all you've been showing me
1: is diffusers that's all i've been reading on so like and it's just well let's i know significantly more about diffusers now than i
0: used to okay so let's let's start with what is a diffuser a lot is. of people, a lot of people don't actually know. Oh, I know that a lot of people
1: don't know. Like I've been <laughs> like last night I was somewhere where like a bunch of my friends who are not audio geeks or music geeks were and how some of my music friends are not into the pro audio side of things. So hmm. they don't necessarily know. Right. And I mean, even my pro audio friends don't really understand the acoustic side of audio. Right. But anyway, um, I've been doing a lot of explaining what it is. Uh, diffuser, uh, if I had to describe what it was, it, it, it's like a wall, is how I would describe it. But it's a weirdly shaped wall that targets different frequencies and makes those frequencies bounce in different ways. This is a really bad way of describing it.
0: Do you want me to Uh, describe it? Sure. Okay. So um, in a normal situation, uh, a a flat wall reflects sound waves that move towards it at at whatever mathematical angle, right? Yeah. Um, What a diffuser does is it creates creates some randomness, although mostly they're not random, uh, but it creates the sense of randomness of the surfaces of that wall so the wall is no longer flat it's this random this random texture and so different frequencies it creates all these random reflections that cause interaction between the between the sound waves that reduce the appearance of the echo Um, and the the intention is to scatter that reflection rather than have that reflection go where it's Goodness me. Sorry. Um rather than have that reflection go in its predicted spot. Yeah, right. Uh, the idea is once you have once you have suitable once you have suitable distortion or uh, let me restate that. Re say that probably. Once you have suitable um absorption in your room and you've you've um done the bass trapping that you need to do in your room then you want to add in the right amount of frequencies or the, the any missing frequencies that are caused by the absorption and you want to make sure that any additional frequencies are properly scattered so they're not causing problems in the room mm-hmm. and that's where diffusion comes in so Diffusers i've always can make a room sound larger than it is too it can because it because it does create reflections that come in predictable ways yeah, yeah. If if that's what you're going for, yeah. So but so yeah. why do you why it, why specifically do you want a diffuser in your rooms? Well, one, I think they look cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a very very fair point. And the fact that they serve an actual like pretty good function for mm-hmm. control rooms, it's just.
0: Yeah, yeah yeah i know pepper the puppy is trying to climb onto joey's lap but yeah. has trouble getting over the uh she arm. just wants to lick my
1: hand oh there you go So i guess i'll just dangle it there for now
0: <laughs> okay so so um, they look cool yeah they All serve right. a
1: purpose and like upon researching it it, it it's looking like it's a really effective way of treating your room uh, so that you need less absorption, mm. okay. which I'm a fan of because I, I, I don't want a super dry sounding room. Okay. in fact, like my live room, I'm going to try to make that as lively as possible.
0: Okay. Uh, without well, and-
1: being like super echoey or anything like that. Right. Like I'm, I'm going to try to make, this small live room sound like a large proper recording room. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to do some diffusion in there to, to effectively do that. Right. Um, but in the the control room, like I'm trying to treat frequencies so that I'm not getting flutter echo into the listening uh, position. Flutter echo all comes from corners though and no
0: parallel surfaces is where it comes from if they're really close together but we're talking like bathroom size like I have a I have like uh, the control room downstairs is nine feet deep well flutter echo can
1: exist in larger rooms too yeah because it is just phase relation it's corners though whatever it it, it is phase relationship (laughs) and I'm trying to Minimize any phase cancellations that can happen in the listening position so that I can increase the size of the listening position of the room and diffusers help with that. Oh, I gotcha. Okay.
0: Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Um, So explain to us what um, you have this this pack of papers. Yes. Go Go through your notes here. Bring us, up, bring us up to speed.
1: Um, I haven't read these yet, so I don't know what what's going on there. Okay. So that's like a stack of, I don't know, 15 pages. To read? I still have to yet read. And okay. that's going into like super in-depth uh, uh, to certain uh-huh. designs of diffusers. Because there's like a ridiculous amount of different ways to do diffusion. You could do like these weird... Some people just make like one third circles and use those as diffusion, but they're not, yeah,
0: third circles. Okay.
1: So it's like having a cylinder kind of, but you, you oh, cut yeah, like one yeah, yeah. third of that cylinder yeah. away. And so then it's just kind of like a, a, a bump. Right. Because it is a circular object, anything that hits it, there's a small amount that's going to directly reflect back. Right. Right. Um, the problem with those, though, is when you stack them side by side, uh, where the two cylinders meet actually starts to focus energy. Mm. And so you can create these like weird spikes of phasing problems. Um, so, but that is one way that some people diffuse is just putting like these weird cylinder shapes on walls and it's just like a quick, easy, whatever kind of (laughs) shape. There's like other ones that are like panels with holes in them, but the holes are like at very specific places and Mm. that looks like a bitch to build (laughs) and I'm not going to do that. Like if I had a machine that drilled the holes automatically, like a robot of some kind, maybe, but that's a ridiculous amount of money to
0: invest in you could have some panels but there's there's a there's machine shops in town that um that have those machines sure um, my brother used to work at one of those shops and and he would take i'm still sure that that would increase the price well of... sure like you'd have to pay someone to do that for you right but yeah but that's and
1: i mean i'm, I'm all for paying someone to do things for me but the style that i've mm. i've decided that i was going to go towards is one-dimensional qrds and most people are familiar with the two-dimensional qrds even though they may not know what what is qrd um what what, what does qrd stand for what is it stand for i always forget what the q stands for (laughs) okay Um, um What is QRD?
0: Quadratic residue diffuser. Quadratic residue diffuser. Yes. All right. Also, quality research in dementia. Well, I don't think that (laughs) applies here. Are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I have dementia yet. (laughs) Um, Okay, so... quality wait no no quadratic quadratic residue diffuser quadratic residue diffuser yes i'm not even sure what quadratic means it's the science word science word (laughs) science uh but uh anyway
1: a two-dimensional qrd is what most people see when they look up a diffuser it's that square with a bunch of little tiny squares mm. it, it appears to be positioned randomly, but right. there's actual math to mm-hmm. where those cubes belong, right You have to make sure they're all the proper size and stuff like that. I Mary want, initially wanted to go with that, but I knew how big of a pain in the ass it would be to build a, the size that I would have wanted which would have been like almost an entire wall. Is what I'm trying to go for. Um, So in order to build a two dimensional QRD, that's like almost the size of wall, like that would take me several days to build. And Uh, that's like assuming I spend like 10 hours a day cutting wood, sanding it down, and then gluing it on another
0: piece of wood. Are you sure this is like the one you wanna build isn't gonna be any easier?
1: I don't think it'll be any easier because the the specific style of two-dimensional QRD I wanted to do has some complexity to it. Mm. But one-dimensional QRDs take the same ideas, those blocks, except it's just panels. So it's just like a strip of wood kind of. Mm. Uh, You can lay them horizontal or vertically depending on where you want the diffusion to happen. Right, because two dimensional, that's going to spread things both up and down and side to side. Whereas a one dimensional QRD, it's going to do either side to side or up and down, depending on how you orient the the panels. Mm-hmm. But okay, then I found a design because, like, I I opted for the one dimensional QRDs, thinking like, oh, that'll be easier to to build because then I'm just building panels in what are called wells right um and then i came up or i i looked into uh, qrds and then i found a very specific design of one-dimensional qrds that puts another diffuser inside each well of this diffuser right and that's what you were showing me before we started yeah yeah so like most diffusers they would target like 500 hertz to 2k or something like that like that's the most common okay target range and when i i've been playing with calculators and like so far the diffuser i've designed mathematically targets from 400 hertz to 3k mm. and uh upon reading what i read last night i can increase that 3k to like 40 K Hertz or like somewhere ridiculous that I don't ever have to, to worry about the high end anymore. Right. And that's
0: by, that's by um, increasing the di- putting diffusers inside the diffusers.
1: Yes. Right.
0: I gotcha. Okay. And
1: then I'm also going to put absorption in the diffusers as well. Mm. Uh, because typically how you build these things is you build them hollow. Cause if you put like a solid, piece of wood that's like i don't know let's say nine inches deep by like three inches wide like and then it's i don't know let's say four feet tall that's that's a pretty hefty piece of wood now you imagine like an entire wall of that like that's going to be incredibly heavy so you have to design usually these things pretty to be hollow right and so you have like a I don't know, a two millimeter by the four feet by three inches. Right. Yeah. Make them easier to, uh, easier to carry. Yeah. Well, and also for your wall to support. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that, that creates a problem where the boards start to resonate and so they can, Oh yeah. So you put like, uh, uh, foam and stuff inside the wells underneath the planks and it helps helps absorb that energy and. Which makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So. so
1: that's the level of research I've gone into <laughs> for essentially what is one wall
0: in my control room. <laughs> well, let's, I want to play the devil's advocate and I want you to, okay. I want you to convince me on this. Um, I'm going to be James and I want you to argue with me is what I'm hearing. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. So maybe <laughs> what I've come to understand from, um, and we're, we're talking about a control room here yeah. more so than uh, a live room. Yeah. Right. Cause live rooms, have there's so much more flexibility in a live room. Well, um, a live room, you want to,
1: a live room, you have to decide what you're going for in the live room and then treat the room. Accordingly, whereas a control room, it it, it it's kind of understood that what you're trying to go for is the best listening conditions. You're trying to hear what the recording actually sounds like, and so right, like so you can make there's a little bit more strict, and, yeah. uh, things going on. So you you have to treat your room accordingly to try and make it so that what's coming out of the speakers and going into your ears is the correct thing. You're not getting right. like these weird artifacts that are caused by the room.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so with that in mind, um, I've through, through my own research, I've come to understand that, um, acoustic treatment of a room, mm-hmm especially a control room needs to follow a very specific um, series of steps. And without going into a lot of detail on all the steps, generally it's, it's base trapping. Yeah. First reflection absorption. Mm -hmm. And then the final piece of the puzzle, if needed is diffusers so i ask this question how do you know that you need diffuser diffusers in this room that you don't even know that you don't have yet that doesn't yet exist uh and i'm and i'm not actually i'm not actually throwing that at posing that as a challenge i'm actually mm-hmm. I, I i'm assuming you've thought to this point, because you're, t- you tend not to be the guy that gets excited over things just for the sake of being excited over things. That's my, that's my thing, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right? Like I get excited over things and I forget all the steps I need to take before the thing I'm excited about. Yeah. You tend not to be that guy. So, so well, how do you, how do you know that diffusion is the thing you need for this room that doesn't yet exist? Uh, partly because I know that that back wall is going to be parallel
1: with the front wall, whereas my side walls are not going to necessarily be symmetrically parallel with each other. Okay, uh, it's not going to be flat surfaces bouncing off of one another. Right. And unfortunately, I'm going to have a piece of glass on the front side, right. so like I can't make a something out of that glass that's going to treat the room. Like, there's going to be reflections off that window. So I may as well, sure, from the rear wall, have diffusion so that as the sound travels to the back of the room, hits that wall, there's less energy going to the glass to come back to the listening position. Right. Okay. So I, I already know that, that that's going to be a problem so or potential problem. So I'm, I'm kind of
0: planning ahead for okay. that. Um, and diffusion, diffusion is for sure the thing that you want to, you want to, um, to use or not. Yeah. Diffusion is the thing you want to use for that purpose.
1: Yeah. I think it would be much more effective than, uh, absorption. Okay. Um, I'm also, I don't want to go with absorption either uh, cause I already know that the room's going to be pretty heavily bass trapped and stuff and that's sure. going to act as an absorber already. Okay. Um, so to try and not make the room sound like a very dry room, I, I have to have at least some kind of reflections going on. Um, diffusers sh- can sh- help with that.
0: Don't you want your control room to be very dry though? No. Why not? Because it's not, because
1: then it doesn't reflect a listening environment that a lot of people would be
0: um, listening in. So my argument to that is, isn't that the point? We're supposed to, we're supposed to hear with greater detail than, than someone in a listening environment. I, 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 I've always been under the assumption and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, always i've been under the assumption that the drier your control room the less reflection you have in the control room the less problems you have um hearing what's coming out of your speakers and that's the thing you want to judge on is that not true uh i've been in
1: dry like control rooms that where like every surface has got like a panel that's like three inches thick that's lifted like an inch away from the wall those rooms sound terrible. Okay. They're just not comfortable to listen in. Uh, So, like, that's a part of my thought process is, Mm -hmm. like, I I already know I'm going to have a heavy amount of bass trapping. Right. And therefore, absorption. Sure. So, I have to reintroduce some liveliness just to make the room more comfortable to be in. Okay. Um, That said, like, I'm still going to be heavy on a lot of things sure uh, yeah because like i am definitely going to be targeting the first reflection points and stuff like that um like probably the first two-thirds of that room are going to be like i don't know paneling like what we got here but at the back half i want it to be more livelier type okay of thing and, and the, that's a pretty common practice with the like super professional grade uh gotcha Um, control rooms where they have like a lot of paneling and stuff at the front half. But as it gets to the back where like the artists are and stuff that you'll see like more wood and stuff that reflects. Mm. Gotcha. um, Okay. Yeah. It's like you got your dead half and then you got your live half.
0: It, um, it seems so, um, counterintuitive. Um, I guess, but at the same time, like, would you want to be in a room
1: that had like just these panelings everywhere? Like, I don't know if you've ever been I've, in. A room I've like
0: been in a few of them, and I I tend to enjoy them. Mm. Um,
1: I mean, some people go for that philosophy. I've been in those rooms, and I just and don't I don't like it. yeah how it feels, and so I I just I want to have some sense of being in a space, right?
0: Um, see, and I and I. I totally feel the opposite. I don't want to, I don't want to feel like I'm, Oh, that's not what I want to shoot. Um, I don't want to feel like looking for vibe, which diffusers will add (laughs) to. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're going for the, like the, the visual vibe and a cool feeling space, then I'm going for like a
1: cool visual vibe. That also serves a function.
0: What about a lava lamp? no, (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm not going for the seventies vibe. Uh, we're going Uh, for like, uh, I think Mary called it Norwegian modern or something like that Mm. or Scandinavian modern where there's like a lot of woods, but it's the modern style. Sure. Of architecture. Cause I am a fan of modern architecture, I guess. And like furniture and all that stuff. Right. So Mary has pointed out to me. Um, and so that's what we're going for with this space is like, it's going to look modern. It's going to, I'm the live room's going to maybe, I don't know yet. Cause I know how expensive it would be to make, but it might have like a hardwood floor. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with the ceiling yet. Hmm. I would like to vault it, but I would have to determine if, like, the ceiling itself could support a vaulted ceiling or not. Vaulted is—it's uh, kind of like this room that we're in, where there's an angle hmm. um, where the lowest point would be at the front of the room, and the highest point would be at the back of the room. Right. Um. So, actually, yeah, this room is perfect. Yeah. For... Mo- Describing that
0: too bad our listeners can't see it. Can't see it, yeah. Yeah. Um okay. Uh most most ceiling structures would be able to support that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um most buildings anyway. I I'll tell you later. I was I was at um the audio department yesterday. Got to see their operation. Um Harry Gregg was setting up for a session with Bill Bourne and Mm -hmm. some other guys. Um but, uh, yeah, there's, there's so much. I mean, um, Sound City is just a big warehouse that they really didn't do anything to. And it sounded, it sounded great. Yeah. Um, but, uh, okay.
1: But I, I, I know that these rooms aren't going to sound great, like, going in.
0: And that's fair. That's fair. I mean, like you take a look at what I did downstairs and all, um, with the exception of the ISO ISO room, which is flawed, but incredibly useful. Mm -hmm. Um, the other two rooms, as small as they are, they have a liveliness to them Yeah. without, uh, but they also don't get out of control because we used enough diffusion and there's not, sorry, we used enough, um, absorption to just tame that stuff that gets out of control and there's there's um lots of weird angles <laughs> everywhere there which is. gives you lots of nice diffusion yeah yeah well not lots of diffusion but um well the plan is to have like a weird shaped
1: live room too yeah
0: mm. but i'll probably have you hummed is there i i i've been looking through google at at pictures of diffusers while we've been talking oh yeah and i just f- um stumbled on a um on a 5.1 room that uh looks really tasty and I, I wish i could turn my computer around to show you because huh. it's really great um but i'm definitely not going to go overboard like blackbird studios yeah their where it's just
1: they're one crazy room, room all diffusers including the ceiling
0: yeah. <laughs> well, and and I know that that's like anechoic chambers are entirely made out of
1: diffusion. Yeah. Nothing else. But anechoic chambers are to the point of those is to like diffuse to the point where there is no sound
0: coming back. Right. And and and, and I know that's the point, but but uh that's the I guess that's the that's the part of diffusion that I don't understand. They are super effective
1: uh up for treating rooms mm. if you don't want reflections coming back to wherever it is that you don't want reflections going to. Yeah. The downside though is that they take up a lot of space. Yeah. Like so far I know I, I have to, like, reading some information out, I have to adjust the size um, because there's ways to make it more efficient. But the current diffuser that I have, like, built out theoretically was a foot deep. Right. And it targeted, like, that 400 hertz area to foot deep. 3K. Man, I couldn't even fit that in my room. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to be trying to do things to make that diffuser fit in there cuz I know yeah. how effective it will be to treating the room. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um So, there might be some sacrifices in the treatment in the front of the room so that I can fit that diffuser in the back of the room, but Yeah. The idea is to have this diffuser in the back. That's going to make sure that I don't have any weird things going on in my listening position that I make this room as flat as possible. Right. Which I don't think will be perfectly flat, but if it sounds great in my listening position, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm also thinking about purchasing some three way speakers. Oh yeah. And then I'm going to install them in
0: the walls. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. What, um, what speakers which speakers yeah uh i'm yeah. currently leaning on the dynaudio um yld 48s mm-hmm. i gotta look these up it's, Dyn uh, Dyn they don't have a whole lot of specs on them which L-Y-D- is lyd
0: 8
1: lyd 48 uh, i'm getting the black face not oh, the there. white face fair enough because
0: i think the white face looks ugly Yeah. Yeah. I just brought a picture up of the yellow or the white face and it's, yeah, it's gross. Um, Uh, (laughs) but yeah, there's a $1,500 Canadian, probably not your price, but no, but, uh, retail, Uh, it's
1: going to cost me two grand to buy the pair.
0: That's a great deal.
1: Yeah. I was initially thinking of the Neumann KH three tens. Uh, but, my price is like three grand per speaker um i don't think i'm ready to invest in that expensive of a speaker
0: yeah that's fair
1: (laughs) um but uh, i hear interesting things of this dyne audio speaker um like the four inch driver on it apparently targets what was it i think it's like 400 hertz to 5k mm. um, most that I was seeing crossover points were at like the 2-3k range so to yeah, have that extra normal. couple k is pretty awesome out of that 4 inch driver um KH 120
0: crossover point I'm curious what what those things downstairs are are crossing over. Um, so the, the Neumanns are crossing over um, at 2K. Mm-hmm. And the uh, CMS50, and the Focal's, where are you here? They do not say. do not say probably about the same. Um, you know what? That was one of the, that was one of the most amazing tools um, that we had live was the analog crossover. I think that's one of the, I think this is one of the reasons why I love multiband compressors so much mm-hmm. because being able to vary my crossover point in whatever system I'm working with, was something that I used to great advantage when I was working on live shows. Um,
1: well, it is handy to have when you have like multiple speakers and you need to get more out of one speaker so that the other speaker can do more of something else.
0: Well, but it was, it, it wasn't just that it was, it was customizing. It was customizing the, that crossover point, even if it was just by a, by a few, um, frequency points, uh, um, it was, it was um, able to drag more out of whatever the audio was,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Like um, when I was on the road with Nazareth, we used a very different crossover point than when I was on the road with the George Strait Tribute Band. Mm. And when I was on the, on the <laughs> um, two different country bands, George Strait versus the Bush pilots. Um, I spent time on the road with them and, and, and again, we used very different crossover points for both of those. And it varied from club to club too. Yeah. Right. Um, so. I'm <clears throat> um, just looking at the crossover point of the, uh, the Neumann three way. Yeah. The 310. Uh, yep.
1: Uh, what was it? Uh, 650 Hertz and two kilohertz. That's really strange. So they're mid, mid drivers, not really doing all that much yeah that's strange Hmm. i'm sure they sound fantastic though yeah i I i've no doubt but yeah problem with the dyne audio speaker though is they don't give any technical data or at least not in-depth technical data they have like some charts that show like a graph that looks fairly flat, but they don't tell you like what that wave looks like. And if it's like plus or minus X amount of DB.
0: Mm. Yeah. So it's just, they, um, they come, they come with that in the manual. I downloaded the manual. It's like three pages and it's got nothing in it. Oh, the, the ones that I got for the, for the Neumann's downstairs came with the the frequency plot. Uh, I'm talking about the Dyn audio's. Oh, the Dynaudios. Sorry.
1: Uh, Why is it? Y-L-D-4. Excuse me. Because, like, I'm going to pull up their spec sheet because it's stupid. I hate it. <laughs>
0: um. Are you looking for the the lid forty eight spec sheet? Is that what you're looking for? Yes, I am on the Bear Paw website, um, specifically because uh, I was at um, audio department yesterday. Yeah, um, it's way smaller than the pictures make it look, and it's been it's been over fifteen years since I've been there. I didn't remember it at all. I walked in and nothing, nothing seemed familiar. Um, but they just, they just, uh, they just installed, here we go. Um, they just installed some, um, some bare paw, um, studio monitors in the main room, um, in place of the, they were using Focal solo sixes. Right. Um, and they just, uh, replaced them. What do they got now? I think they got micromaine 27 in there um i do like their control room though it's it's got a really cozy tight feel but it doesn't feel like overwhelming like you're getting a hug from someone you don't want to be hugged by right yeah, yeah. here
1: this is the spec sheets dine audio
0: yes yeah, so is just that um, SPL 112 decibels. That's plenty of volume. Oh yeah. Like, um, rear base port. So you're going to have to account for extra, um, a rear base port might make these not ideal for putting in a wall.
1: They have a, uh,
0: a switch. Um, oh, for near wall. Yeah. But different being in a wall. Okay. All right. Um, one inch soft dome, tweeter crossover frequency at four, four. 60 and 5,500. 12 kilograms each. That's a heavy speaker. Yeah. (laughs) I don't Um, expect lightweight three-way speaker. Lots of... uh, Yeah, right? Lots of... um, Bass extension down to 10 hertz? Does that say negative 10 hertz?
1: Uh, That's what they called their thing but it like brings it down to 40 hertz I think that's the lowest it can go depending on which EQ you go with oh I Uh, gotcha okay cool Um, maybe 30 hertz max down there gotcha here's all the all this stuff yeah but when you look at it it doesn't tell you like how flat they made that look
0: what are you talking about?
1: Well, if you look at the high end, like it should be like super bumpy. It
0: is super bumpy. It's pretty smoothed out. I don't know what you're looking at, but that's that's not pretty smoothed out to me. Like it should be a w- stupid, crazy amount of... No, but that's... They're trying to design it so it's not that way. I know they're but that's... designing it to be like this.
1: And I also know that this is them marketing because they want me to buy their thing. Yeah, but they can't lie. Well, I know they can't lie
0: but so they can so smooth
1: out those things so that it looks different. Why would they do that?
0: Cause that's what all speaker companies do. Yeah, but this is more real. <laughs> this is them being honest. This is them saying, Hey, so, so we have a, what is that? We have a dip at, there's a dip at 10 K 10 K. There's a dip at 1.5 K there's a spike at 2K. Um, you know, these are the kind of things that they're telling you. Yeah. You want that. You want to know that. Isn't, I, at least I do. I mean, that doesn't matter to me. Like the, this, I, I don't matter care to me at all, as much of, of this stuff.
1: I just, I wish this had more information, like more
0: what else would you want it to know Um, or you want it to say
1: I just want it to look similar to the Neumann one because the Neumann one is
0: slowly typing Um, the Neumann one has a lot more data but most of that data is irrelevant whatever I want to see that data (laughs) All right. All right. Like,
1: I would love to know what the self generating noise is or <laughs> or what electronics are in it <laughs> or even know what their, their frequent, um, their cuts are at. Like how many DB per octave is the
0: high pass and low pass. Didn't it say uh, fourth order, fourth order crossovers, or was that the Neumanns that said fourth order?
1: The Neumanns tell you that. I, I don't see anywhere on the uh, the Dine audios that tell you what hmm. what slope you get for crossovers. Gotcha. And I would love to know that because if it's a steep crossover, like. That might do something, right? Or if it's not steep, like that could add swells in certain areas. So, so what I'm hearing you saying is, I want more technical data so, so I can you can convince yeah. myself that it's a good purchase. Is what I want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Does it sound good? That's the that's the mm-hmm. biggest question. Well, have them bring it in. Or fly it's, down to Toronto. It's a 200.
1: No, I would have to go to Vancouver. Vancouver's the only place with two lefts, apparently.
0: They have two left speakers?
1: Apparently. Oh, that's weird. I <laughs> think they counted wrong because
0: they have <laughs> no rights. <laughs> maybe they had a right go go bad on them.
1: But two of them? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, no, I, I think they have a left and a right, and they counted them as two lefts. <laughs> It could be. Yeah. I'm going to get in contact with someone at York, Yorkville and like straight up, be honest with them and be like, I'm looking to buy Mm -hmm. three way speakers. I want to hear these before I buy them. That's fair. Um, What other, and I don't want to pay the $200 non-refundable deposit. Like, that's, that's a huge reason why I haven't got them in is because it will cost me $200 Just that I won't in. get back if I decide to not buy them. Right. Right. Like, yeah. I'm fairly confident that I will like them and will buy them. But at the same time, if I decide not to, that, that $200 is down the drain. See, yeah, but so that, I mean, that's why I want more technical data. So then I could be like, yes, okay, I'm fairly confident that these will do the what I need them to do. But the technical data doesn't mean... I know it doesn't mean anything. It just, <laughs> it's psychological <laughs> stuff in my head to convince me that it's a good purchase. Uh, all right, yeah, that, that's like, fair. The Goliath, like, how much technical data did it give me? It, it told me what, like, the harmonic distortion was and yeah, stuff like that. Every preamp does. Why well, no? But if you saw a preamp that didn't tell you that stuff, you'd be like bugged about it. Maybe I would. <laughs> <laughs> if I was about to dump like five grand on a a thing full of preamps and it didn't tell me that stuff, like like if I'm uh, yeah, fair enough. This is a three thousand dollar pair of speakers. Like, give me some data so that I can. At the very least, feel confident in my purchase. <laughs> Don't give me this bare minimum.
0: Uh, I have never made a speaker purchase off of data, never once. Nor have I. And but it, it's
1: just like I need that confidence to be like, okay, I'm very likely to buy these that $200 I'm not worried about I suppose like that that's all I'm looking for is just something to reassure me that I'm not wasting my money to
0: bring these in to listen to them right yeah no and and and, and that's totally fair Um. but man it just seems like such a hey would you go for the black or the gloss black they have two blacks? Well, it looks like it. I can only ever...
1: Uh, no, well, there's only one black. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. It's black or white. And white's ugly. White is very ugly. Like, there's I'm... people who, like, look at the near fo- fields in the same series and say they want them in black. Hmm. Um Because the near fields only come in white. And they're also ugly. And I can listen to the near fields, and apparently you're like, talking about the two way. Yeah, right? the two we, two ways, yeah. um, and like those sound great, but it doesn't mean the three way sounds great, right? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll I'll probably compose an email on Thursday, being like, hey. You send me some because I don't know if I want these. And I also don't want to pay $200 because I, I I need that $200 to buy.
0: Many other things. Yeah. What are your monitors right now? You're using the uh, Yamaha HS8s. Uh,
1: no, I'm using the Yorkville YSM6s. Yorkville. I always then, get Yamaha and Yorkville mixed up. Then I have the Behringer Avatone clone. That's right. It sounds like garbage.
0: Yeah. I love it because it sounds like garbage. Um, Terry has a, a pair of the original Avatones. Mm-hmm. Tiny little things. Way smaller than I expected. We have Avatones, like the remake of Avatones, um,
1: at my location. Yeah, but those are the ones but by. I hate them because they have like. Each
0: one has a power brick that's bigger than the speaker. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I didn't mean the Aventones. I meant the Aurora tones, like the original Aurora tones. He's got a pair of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. They actually just sit beside him. (laughs) Not even set up for stereo. Pretty funny. Um,
1: well, I'm going to try to find a second to baritone. Then I'll have stereo garbage. (laughs) <laughs> Cause it sounds terrible and it's good for being like, this is the worst possible situation that my, the music I'm mixing will be in. Does
0: it sound okay? <laughs> hey, have I played you the speakers downstairs? The, the new configuration that I have them set up in, um, I can, I can turn them both on at the same time mm-hmm. with the, with the, um, drummer monitor controller. Um, it, um, uh, there's something clearly, and, and I, it's probably the way they're built because they've always been a little like this. There's a ton of phase cancellation in the low end and in the top end. <laughs> super, super funny, but it makes it this really mid-rangey, almost sounds like a phone. Oh, okay. So it's super interesting, super interesting listen um, as a alternative to uh, what you're hearing. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. Hmm. No, I have not heard that. Fair enough. I'll, I'll have to play it for you cause it was really entertaining. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I just jumped on the, uh, um, the Sweetwater website because it's easier to navigate through than the Long and McCoy website, which we've talked a lot about. Um, I don't use the long McQuaid website to find things. Yes. <clears throat> and, and so you're looking at the, the Dynaudio audio four by eight. Yeah. Um, have you considered what, what other ones have you considered? Or are these the only uh, ones that the Neumann three
1: tens right? I've looked at, but I've you, like, you've I've, already, you've already eliminated I've them, eliminated them because they're just out of, range for right price um and then i'm trying to see if i can find something that is in the same ballpark price range as the dyne audios have
0: you taken a look at and i know because you guys can get these the focal twin five inch i'm not
1: interested in those i've never liked focals okay like every focal i've ever listened to i just like been eh about really yeah Mm, I don't think they're a terrible speaker. I just... They don't do anything for me that makes me want to sit in front of them for 10 hours or whatever. That's fair. Okay. Um, Although, who knows? Maybe their three ways are better. Like, I hear nothing but great things about
0: their their bigger speakers, but... Um, Yeah. Again, because I was just there yesterday, Terry, um, they have... They have three studios there now. They yep. got two studios upstairs. Both the studios upstairs are um, are equipped with the Focal Solo Sixes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he swears by them. Um, although he did make a comment that he really misses his Mackie 824s. <laughs> um, but. Uh, I wonder if Yorkville would make a three way. <laughs> Let's find out. Well, oh, I know they don't. Huh. Or Currently. if they would, I gotcha.
1: Yeah. I gotcha. they do custom make speakers for people, for a people who of, have a lot of money, lots of money. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I probably need something other than a Yorkville speaker though. Just to, cause I'm going to keep the, the sixes. Right. Cause I, I know those speakers so well.
0: So you're going to have the three way speakers mounted in the wall yep what's that um what's that design called um where they're built into the it's not a hat it's not a semicircle but it's like a like part of an octagon or something you know, the uh, one, you know the design i'm talking about
1: i don't know what it's called but like that is the design that i'm going for where there's yeah. like the flat wall where i'm going to have my piece of glass and then there's going to be an angle where I'm going to mount my speakers, which right. is going to have them pointed at a 60 degree angle towards the listening position. Okay. And then the side walls are going to be at a slight angle, widening as they go further back. Right. And then hit the back wall, which is going to just be a giant diffuser. How big, how big are you going to make the room? Uh...
0: You must have dimensions by now.
1: Nope. I don't have dimensions. I just had a rough drawing of something and I've drew shapes on there, uh, but I don't have sizes. And like when I asked for sizes, like nobody had answers for me. So,
0: um, I, I was able to do, um, but I've been told
1: that the basement's probably roughly 700 square feet okay
0: um so a few years ago when i was when i when we were considering moving the studio Mm -hmm. um i did a whole bunch of research because one of our options was um an investor was gonna help us build a new space right um and so I, i did a lot of research on how i would rebuild the control room and the what seems to be the ideal and i've seen this in a number of spots is uh, 17 feet by 23 feet seems to be the ideal, um, rough dimensions for, um, for a control room. 17 by 23. You're, do, I, I, you're doing the math, aren't you?
1: No. you oh. Are you just trying to... F- I'm just trying to mentally, uh, picture it in my head. hmm How, how long is
0: this room? Um... Interior, I think this is 13.
1: Wait, is that right? Yeah, I think so. So 13 by like what? It's um, nine at the front
0: and 11 or 12 at the back. Okay. Or maybe it's 11 at the front and 12 at the back. I think that's what it is. Right. Because I think that it might
1: just from a mental image I have based on the house that we're looking in doing this, the control room might be a little bit bigger than this room. Okay. Um, cool. In terms of what space is left over after I have the, the diffuser in the back, it it might be (laughs) this size of a room. (laughs) Who knows? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. I'd have to get dimensions first. But I I was estimating that it would probably be, like, 10, 15 feet wide if we were just to make it a square. And then maybe 15, 20 feet deep at most. Right. Okay. And that's just me estimating, like, looking at the house and being like, "That I think that's approximately that long. (laughs) So it's probably going to be less than 20 feet though yeah no, that's fair uh,
0: I was the I was looking at um, turning an, a garage into a space um, and that's when I got when I found when I stumbled on that 17 by 23 that's when I got excited about the the idea hmm finally be able to fit a couch in the control room well that's what i want to try to
1: do is have a couch in the Mm. up like up against the the fusers essentially right uh and then i was also thinking of putting a table in front of that couch so that people can have like a workspace if they want to go on their laptops yeah whereas the other side of that same uh, table i'm gonna have rack space
0: yeah like a normal studio yeah yeah that that's the dream in my head <laughs> all right well thanks for um for bearing with us through this talk about studio monitors we'll see Follow y'all our next time hosts on twitter <laughs> at two bodies of water got that mic in a comfortable spot yet i'm still working on it. at joey our engineer i can't even talk i don't remember what my point was this is a boring podcast um i realize at the end of this we didn't
1: introduce ourselves
0: on to the internet you go Switch off.